timing can always be very difficult. So I think you know, on the stock side of the market, I think you're always looking for companies that have the financial wherewithal to last throughout however long this downturn is. And so you're looking at cash flow, you're looking at balance sheet, and I think you're trying to buy the, the highest quality companies when they're getting sold and, and you hold them until things come back. And you, you never know when that's gonna happen, but I think you know the best shot of that is probably gonna be the second half of 2023 when the earnings comparisons get a little bit easier and you start to anniversary some of these earnings that were not as great in 22 as they were in 21. The following presentation by New Square Capital LLC is intended for general information purposes only. No portion of the presentation serves as the receipt of or as a substitute for personalized investment advice from NewSquare or any other investment professional of your choosing. Please see additional important disclosure at the end of this presentation. A copy of NewSquare's current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory fees and services is available upon request at NewSquareCapital.com. Since our beginning more than a decade ago, NewSquare Capital has based its investment approach on what has been proven to work combined with discipline and execution. We rely on facts, not hunches or impulses, and we know that wealth is built over the long term. Our goal with this podcast is to share what we've learned and provide insights that can be implemented with an intentional process and consistency over time. Although investing should be simple, it isn't always easy. That's where discipline comes in, something we like to think is a hallmark of our firm. A good investor is an informed investor, which is why we are excited to share our insights with you. Let's go now to the Wall Street Less Traveled podcast. Hello, listeners. This is MJ Durkin, the host of the Wall Street Less Traveled, brought to you by New Square Capital. Uh, we are really glad that you are joining us for uh, today's episode. We're going to be reviewing 2022 talking about the outlook for 2023. And of course, uh, we have uh, Joseph Rosello and uh, Ryan Kirk. Uh, you know them as the CEO and chairman and the president and the head of portfolio management. Also joining us are uh, Miguel Biaman. Uh, he is a senior fixed income portfolio manager and Lee Grout. Uh, he is a senior portfolio manager. Uh, gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Good to be here. Thanks, MJ. Thank you very much. We are glad that you are here. And um, so uh, so let's get right into it here. Uh, we know that uh, we have all kinds of uh, advisors are listening to the podcast. Uh, investors are listening to the podcast. We have a we have a very distinguished panel here. Uh, too bad it's an audio podcast and they can't see uh, the uh, all of the intelligence that's beaming back at me on the uh, on the video conference. Uh, but um uh, 2022 uh, clearly has been challenging. It's been uh, uh, for the investors that are fairly new to the market in the last 10 years. You ain't seen nothing like it uh, up till this point. Joseph Rosello, um, uh, comment for us a little bit on uh, on 2022 and and how challenging it's been. Yeah. So no, thanks, uh, MJ. Uh, good to be here, and it's a great group of people on this call all part of the New Square Capital team, and I know it's going to be really a healthy discussion. Um, but your opening comments, 2022, very challenging year. Uh, this kind of stuff doesn't happen that often uh, when you look at it. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of, just like baseball, a lot of great stats out there that we'll probably throw at you. <laughs> and, um, you know, record-setting stats, as a matter of fact. But 2022, Lots of surprises and the realities that come with those surprises. Um, but when I look at 2022 and you dig deep and you analyze it, um, 
this is all a result of 2020 and the big surprise we had in 2020. Think about it. We shut down the entire world. And what we're finding um, in 2022 is it's been very, very difficult to uncouple a lot of the new policies that were put in place and both in the public sector and in the private sector. The in industry is having a problem with a lot of it. I mean, just just look at the Christmas holidays. I know it's always a tough year. To, it's always a tough time of year to travel. You know, you have to worry about weather, but just an incredible amount of canceled flights. And the last week or two has all been Southwest, you know, 90% of the cancellation. What's really going on there? Is it weather? Are they short staff? Is it part of what happened in 2020? And we really can't deal with the big day. But the bottom line is, is that it's a hangover. And when you look deep and you look back, you say, okay, kind of makes sense. Markets like to breathe. Corrections are really, they're, they're important when you're an investor in markets. You've got to recognize that markets breathe and they will correct. We don't like these extreme moves, that's for sure, but um, pretty much warranted given what we went through the last couple of years. And just in 2022, I just read $7.3 trillion of blue chip equity vaporized. Pretty significant. So what I would say is, is that it's one year, we're at the end of that year, we'll open up again in January 3rd, and the market will continue. Don't know really what's ahead. It's hard to see even in the short term. But um, I, you know, I would just bump it over to Ryan here, um, who will give us, I think, uh, a good perspective on some of the indices and what's, hap what's really happened to the market in 2022. If you're an investor, it's been frustrating um, because there was no place to hide. The bond market disappointed in, in 2022. Uh, worst year in history, I believe. Um, for the for the age the aggregate bond market, and even for the long bond market, pretty pretty disappointed. In the same year where the stock market's down double digits, indices are down 20, 25, 30 uh, percent. This has had an impact on investors. So the, really, the watchword in 2022 has been risk management, right? Yeah, Joseph, you talked about some of the digging into the details uh, into this market, and I think. Um, it, as 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 the year has ended, and it's it's felt like a, a, a long year. It's kind of I'm reminded of that what a long, strange trip it's been uh, through the markets in 2022, right? So we've seen things in 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 this market that we haven't seen in a long time, if ever. Um, the amount of the amount of moves that we've seen on a, on an intraday daily basis, um, the one percent swings that we've seen in the market have rivaled those bear market scenarios in 2002 and 2008. So it has it has felt like a longer year if you've decided to watch the markets on a daily basis. And it, 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 it can have that grueling feel to it. Um, we look at the sectors of, of the underlying indices and there's only three sectors on a year-to-date basis um, that will close or, or have closed positive, close to positive. Um, those are energy, consumer staples and utilities. And consumer staples and utilities are more of those defensive sectors and they are hardly positive. So when you look at, at energy as the one place that, that you could hide 
the the downside of all this is that those three sectors make up such a small percentage of the overall pie that is the S&P 500, really only about 14, 15% of the overall market. Um, and really that's because energy has, has jumped up its overall percentage because of its great performance this year. So all that's coincided with a market that has, as we've seen, disappointed at various times. It's had these rallies throughout the year and, and the feeling is that, okay, we've seen the bottom. And then those rallies have uh, dissipated. And I think we've seen eight somewhat significant rallies, uh, some of the mid single digits. And then we've had a 12%, a couple 17, 18% rallies. So this market, and, and we've said this internally at New Square, just as we have conversations, we continue to think that it's, it's guilty until proven innocent. And what does that mean? Well, it means you have to have these companies and these stocks show some type of a turnaround before you, you, you signal the all clear um, in investing. And that, that all clear has not been signaled, especially for a lot of the top names that even some of the listeners of this podcast may be listening to. The top names in the S&P 500, let me just rattle off some of these and where they stand from their all-time highs. And these are names that everybody's going to recognize. Apple is down 30% off of its all-time high. Microsoft, over 30%. Google, 43, Amazon, 57%. Uh, these are some of the biggest names in the S&P 500 and, and in the US uh, marketplace itself. Some of the other names that are also huge companies, um, Facebook or, or what trades as Meta now, down 70% of it from its all time high. Things that we never expected to be down like this. A stock like Disney is sitting 58% off of its all time high. So these are the types of, of realities that we've had to live in in, in 2022. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll end it by saying that the positive news, I think, in all of this is the further we get into this and the closer is the closer we get to the next opportunity. So every bear market has been followed by a bull market, followed by a bear, by another bull. The closer we get to the end of this will be good for investors that can make it to the other side. Um, we. What has changed, though, I think, from you know the last ten years until now, has been, you know, how the Fed was highly stimulative and inflation was next to non-existent for the 10, 12 years leading up to it, and then we've gone through what is really the fastest tightening cycle by the Federal Reserve in in modern history, and that has had a slew of effects uh, on the market, as Joseph said, in both public and private markets. And we have to sort of weed our way through this. And I, and I think um, Miguel may be the perfect person um, to kind of touch on what has been a result of the Federal Reserve and how that's affected interest rates and, and, and other areas of the market. So I'll, I'll swing it over to Miguel. Thanks, Ronnie. Um, yes, as MJ said, uh, there was no place to hide in 2022. Um, and you think fixed income would be a, a good spot. but yeah, you know, we started the year um, and rates were at historic lows. The two-year treasury was at three quarters of 1%. The five-year was at one and a quarter and the 10-year was around one and a half percent. So you might ask, how did we get, how did we get there? In 2021, the Fed left the Fed funds rate in a range of zero to a quarter of a percent for the entire year in an effort to bring the economy back on track after our bout with COVID. 
But during this time, 2021, the inflation rate began to accelerate shortly after the first quarter and had gone from a rate of 1.4% in January to a whopping 7% in December of 2021. So was this really a result of uh, supply chain disruption or was this the Fed slow to react? Well, regardless, it was time for the Fed to take some action. I'll say, Miguel, if I could interrupt, Sure. Slow to react is what the answer is. Slow to react. They should have been there doing that a long time ago. Just wanted to yeah, add yeah. that comment. And, you know, so, so it's, their, it's their job, it's their mission, it's their objective to maintain inflation at a rate of 2% over the long term. It, it's their mandate to achieve maximum employment and price stability. So they finally started to go to work in March of 2022, and they bumped a quarter of a percent. At that time. But in addition to that, they raised rates six times during 2022, which put the Fed funds rate at a range of four and a quarter to four and a half percent at the end of the year. So there were seven bumps in 2022 for, for a total of four and a quarter percent. So, you know, what we ended up seeing with the yield curve was that the yield curve moved higher by three to four percent, you know, across the entire curve. And after this dramatic move in rates, the curve is now inverted with the two-year treasury a half a percent higher than the 10-year treasury. The two-year right now is at a 435, the 10 years at a 385. You know, so what does what does an inverted curve mean? Okay. A curve inversion can be a sign of a coming recession. An inverted yield curve has emerged roughly a year before nearly all recessions since 1960. One might say, how did the rise in rates affect bond portfolios and returns for 2022? As we know, when rates move higher, bond prices move lower. And we have not seen interest rate movement like this, this significant since the 80s. Let me jump in there, Miguel, because I, I think sure. that uh, I, I love what you said. We haven't seen the, the rates um, uh, change so much since the 80s. Well, a lot of our younger investors don't know 21% interest rates. in the 80s that then went down right um so uh there's a lot of a lot of movement there in the interest rates um uh lee uh what what are some of your thoughts in terms of uh interesting things that happened for 2022 and uh, as a as a senior portfolio uh manager talk to us about your ideas about that you know thanks mj i think you know joseph was talking about 2020 uh, into 2021, and Miguel was talking about what the Fed did in 2021. I think that rolls right into sort of what was going on in the equity markets. I think you know the earnings uh, downfall in 2020 is the economy shut down, and the Fed's uh, move to spur the economy along with the fiscal policies that were done by the government itself caused 2021 earnings for stocks to be just off the charts. I mean, I think you saw increases. And I'm not just talking about in things like tech where people thought of the high flying growth stocks. I mean, across the board, you saw earnings growth in 2021 that was almost unprecedented in the 25 years I've been doing this. Um, you know, companies that had growth rates of maybe five or 10% all of a sudden had 10 to 20%. Uh, companies with growth rates that were higher were even more than that. And I think entering 2022, you were at a point where valuations were extremely high for these stocks. And earnings comparisons for 2022 were going to be incredibly difficult to beat. And I think the combination of high valuation and, you know, 
extremely high cyclical earnings created a, a, a hurdle in 2022 that was just impossible to get over. And I think you've seen it sort of across the board where earnings have come down this year. So that's a negative number one for stocks. I mean, that's the primary driver of where stocks go is how much companies make year to year. And then number two, the valuation multiples came down uh, around what the Fed was doing and Miguel was talking about. So as interest rates rise, you, know, you see PE ratios in the market drop. So you've got a combination of valuation is falling and earnings are dropping. And that is not a good combination for overall stocks. And I think that's resulted in some of the returns that Ryan talked about where stocks are down 30, 40, 50, 70%. And uh, the worst of them, you know, for example, Meta, which he talked about, that's a combination of a, of a large drop in earnings and a large drop in valuation multiple at the same time. And I think um, that was pretty much across the board. As Ryan mentioned, there was only a couple sectors that had positive results. Earnings-wise, energy was the only one that had any positive momentum in the year. And I think that's the reason that you saw that sector do so well was, you know, earnings were going up and the market's looking for a place to go. So they raised the valuation multiple on them as well. And you end up with a positive sector. But other than that, it was very, very difficult to find anywhere that had earnings growth in 2022. Um, you know, they did get some sales growth, but margin multiples were down due to inflation and cost pressures and all the, all the things you hear about in the headlines. And I think it just made for an extremely difficult 2022. Um, you know, looking forward into 23, I think, you know, Ryan said, you know, we're, we're that much further along in the process of turning around to a bull market. I think, you know, companies respond to these types of things and you're seeing cost cutting, layoffs. That's all necessary in order to get their cost structures in place so that they can eventually grow again. And I think we are, you know, heading down that road to where we will get earnings growth again. But, um, you know, we're probably still a little bit of time away from that, but the companies are, are doing what they need to do at this point. So I think, uh, you know, there is some optimism heading into 2023, but 2022 is just, you know, uh, Joseph used the term hangover. And I think that's a perfect uh, word for 2022. It's, it's a hangover from what went on in 2020 and 2021. Yes, I just, if I could just add one thing to what Lee was talking about, however you look at your portfolio, whether it's a some type of a blended portfolio or, or you're looking for, as Lee was speaking to, <clears throat> companies that are looking for earnings drivers or if you're looking for good charts or if you're evaluating fixed income markets, I think one hugely important thing to remember here is do not throw in the towel. Do not give up on whatever that strategy is, because this can be a frustrating time for those that may have just sort of let the ebbs and the flows of the markets sort of, you know, take us on a ride or, or you've done things to protect your portfolio. Do not throw in the towel. Now is not the time. That does not mean that we're going to see some roaring bull market in the next month. It just means allow that strategy and that process that you put into place in your portfolio and that you've trusted through a period like this let it do its thing in the next period of the market, whenever that, whenever that comes about. But we would argue that now is not the right time to throw in the towel. Yeah, yeah I on think top of that, Ryan, I would just add to that. I mean, these are the types of markets where you get the bargains that you look for down the road. So that two or five years from now, when you're looking at your portfolio and you have a nice profit, you have to buy into to these types of markets in order to get those returns, I think. And yeah, Lee, would you agree that, it, that it's not that it's not just buying anything out there? It's finding the right bargain to go after. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But on a macro scale, um, 
and I think that Ryan touched on the sectors and Lee talked about it as well. We all, as it, we see it as investors, we feel it as investors, but we see it and we fe- we see and feel it in our everyday lives. We go to the food store, we put gas in our car, we try to buy an airplane airplane ticket to travel. Everything has increased dramatically, and I think that the market is basically correcting for those kinds of things. And as Lee said, you know, until you know, corporate America gets their houses in order, and you know, we see growth coming back. Uh, the market will find its equilibrium. Uh, digest all of this. I mean, I think that, I don't know, some people overestimate the supply chain, some people underestimate it, but it's pretty clear that the supply chain is still, you know, still messed up. You know, folks are trying to deal with it. When you shut down an economy, not only in the United States, but around the world, it's not that easy to turn it back on again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very well said. And um, so let's, uh, as we as we go to kind of land this plane on this episode, why don't we go around the horn? Let's start with Miguel. Um, give us a couple sentences about uh, your outlook for 2023. The Fed's first meeting of the year will be February 1st. Right now, it looks like they're going to raise rates again, somewhere between 25 to 50 basis points. Um, you know, we're going to see what kind of economic data we get in the meantime, you know, and that, that may drive their decision making, you know, one way or another, um, you know, and then they'll have their, you know, forward looking statement and that will, you know, that will move the markets. Of course, you know, anything the Fed says, you know, every word they put out there is looked at with a microscope. So, um, you know, what we're doing with portfolios is, you know, we're staying short term. We're staying high quality. Um, because the curve is inverted, we can capture an attractive yield on the short end of the curve. You know, when you're on, you know, staying short uh, and short duration, it's going to reduce the price volatility of a portfolio. So, really staying defensive and protecting portfolio value. I love that. Uh, really great, uh, great stuff, Miguel. And, um, you know, the idea of, uh, you know, what we are doing is we are doing this. Right. So, you know, yeah, proactive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So um, who wants to go next and talk with us about your your outlook for 2023? I'll just I'll just say one thing. I think there's there's a thousand different things that you can look at to see how the the market is weighted one way or the other. But if looking for some positive news out of all this, investors are the most underweight they've been in stocks relative to bonds since April of 2009. So think about what was happening. The market was coming out of the, the depths of the recession, you know, and, and the worst of the stock market. And we're seeing sort of a relative positioning of individuals in their portfolios of stocks being underweight relative to bonds. So usually these things tend to be a, a contrarian signal. And there is this ability um, for that to move back in the favor and, and more and more dollars to start to flow into into equities. Again, the timing of that is going to matter. And, and we're not saying that it's going to happen on the first year in 2023. But however, if we are going to move into the next phase of an ultimate bull market, that is going to shift back in the direction of being an equal or an overweight into stock. So it's one of the things that we're looking at. I think it's important for folks, to investors, to keep things in its proper perspective. Um, I like what Ryan said uh, 
earlier in this conversation that it, 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 it's common where bear markets will follow bull markets, bull markets will fear, follow bear markets. Obviously, bear markets are a lot more rare than bull markets, and when they happen, they happen quickly. But I would also say, Lee touched on this, you know, finally, the Fed's doing the right thing. I mean, they kept interest rates artificially low for many, many years. And six to seven percent mortgage rates historically are normal. And uh, it's like Ryan said on one of our other podcasts, forget about the hope strategy. Stop wishing for the Fed to start lowering rates. It's not going to happen anytime soon. At least I hope it's not. We need to get through this pain. Um, so my feeling is, is that who knows when the next cycle will start, uh, but the bull market will follow this period at some point in, in the future. Excellent. Yeah, and to tack on that, uh, what Joseph and Ryan were saying, I think that timing can always be very difficult. So I think, you know, on the stock side of the market, I think you're always looking for companies that have the financial wherewithal to last throughout however long this downturn is. And so you're looking at cash flow, you're looking at balance sheet, and I think you're trying to buy the, the highest quality companies when they're getting sold, and, and you hold them until things come back. And you, you never know when that's going to happen, but I think you know, the best shot of that is probably going to be the second half of 2023 when the earnings comparisons get a little bit easier and you start the anniversary, some of these earnings that were not as great in 22 as they were in 21. So I think, um, you know, we continue to do that. I think that's what you're doing every day. And I think you just have to realize that timing is going to be a difficult thing to, to figure out. Excellent. So, um, so Ryan, uh, president and head of uh, portfolio management, um, why don't you give us the locker room speech as we uh, <laughs> as we start to end the podcast and and say to the uh, investors and advisors, uh, uh, give them give them your best, uh, give them one for the Gipper speech as we head into twenty twenty three. Yeah, this all the all the guys talked about this today. Just having being ready. It's it it's like sports. You don't. You don't go through the practices to not be ready for the game. That's all in preparation for the game. And I think what we've done and continue to do throughout 2022 and in 2023 is just be prepared because we really don't know exactly when that timing, as Lee was just alluding to, is going to happen. So have that preparation ready um, or, or work with uh, someone uh, that you trust that is doing that preparation because when the time comes, um, it's it's going to be worth the wait and worth all that preparation. Perfect. Well said, Joseph. You got a sentence or two for us as we as we end the podcast. No, I think I I think we covered it all. I agree with my colleagues. Um, uh, if you're patient, as Ryan said, if you're patient uh, and you wait for the next opportunity, uh, it will be delivered to you, and you need to act on it when it comes. So. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for being here. Uh, really appreciate you, uh, Miguel uh, Biaman and uh, Lee Grout. Uh, it's nice to uh, be introduced to you on the podcast so that people can get to know the uh, the power of this amazing team and know that there are uh, some uh, uh, that the brain trust of New Square Capital is uh, is working hard behind the scenes. And it's great to meet everybody here today. Thank you, gentlemen, for your time. Appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, MJ. Thank you, MJ.
So to uh, all of our listeners, uh, let us say thank you for listening. Um, we sure do uh, appreciate uh, you doing a couple of things. Uh, number one, if you can rate the podcast uh, and hit that five-star rating, uh, we sure do uh, appreciate that. If you're able to write a review for the podcast, um, if you can uh, can figure out how to do it, I figured out how to do it on Apple Podcasts, um, not on too many other services have I been able to figure it out, but you can always Google, how do I rate uh, the review the New Square Capital podcast on uh, Overcast or whatever uh, service you're listening to the podcast on. Uh, we would always appreciate it if you would hit those three little buttons there, usually in the lower or uh, corner of your podcast and hit share and send it uh, to uh, a couple of your friends or family members. Uh, that is always awesome for us. So uh, thanks everybody for being here and we will see you on the next episode of the Wall Street Less Traveled brought to you by New Square Capital. That concludes this episode of the Wall Street Less Traveled podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. Be sure to tune in regularly for new episodes and get connected to the ideas, information, and insights that will help you succeed. We'll see you on the next episode. The previous presentation by New Square Capital LLC was intended for general information purposes only. No portion of the presentation services serves as receipt of or as a substitute for personalized investment advice from New Square or any other investment professional of your choosing. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and it should not be assumed that future performance of any specific investment or investment strategy or any non-investment related or planning services, discussion, or content will be profitable, be suitable for your portfolio or individual situation, or prove successful. New Square is neither a law firm nor an accounting firm, and no portion of its services should be considered construed as legal or accounting advice. No portion of the video or podcast content should be construed by a client or prospective client as a guarantee that he or she will experience a certain level of results if New Square is engaged or continues to be engaged to provide investment advisory services. A copy of New Square's current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees is available upon request or at newsquarecapital.com.